listening to White the Truck. Hey, welcome to What the Truck. What's happening, man? <laughs> we got stuck in the uh, garage there for a minute, so sorry we started a little bit late on you. <laughs> there you go, my friend. Hey, it's a beautiful day in Chattanooga, right? In the heart of uh, Freight Alley. O- always interesting, my friend. Yeah, yeah. You seem to be uh, extra jovial today. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, hey. I, I got up. Nobody had to help me out of bed. I'm happy, brother. Are we coming? How, up how are here? you, man? I'm looking on LinkedIn. See if we're coming up here on LinkedIn. I don't, oh, okay. I don't. Right. I don't see us. I don't see us. But I hope you're joining us. Oh, here we go. Oh, where's your? It's 10 p.m. It's 10 p.m. Where's your cargo? Right. That's what the. Uh, that's what they used to say on the news. Uh, 10 exactly. p.m. Where are your children? You know they're yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> hey, speaking of old school and big money. So on the radio okay. this weekend, um, our own Nick Austin, our, our weatherman, he. Uh, he has some articles pouring out of his umbrella, and, and one of them was on the five most dangerous highways. So we're talking about this on radio. I'm actually talking to Brian away about the oh, million yeah, yeah, dollar. Yeah. We were supposed to talk about, like, AI in the, in the fashion but supply chain. not. Well, because <laughs> the best part of radio is the callers call in, and it becomes, like, this whole improv arrangement. Yeah. yeah. And um, they were telling us, so we thought it was called the million dollar highway, as Nick Austin's article said. It was the million dollar highway because it cost a million dollars to build in 1880. But a bunch of callers called in and said, no, it's called that because there's a million dollars buried underneath it. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I mean, it was built in the 1880s for, for mining, right? To get the, get the ore and the silver and so on out of there, Could right? Could be. Uh, and, I, you know, I don't know. And it probably cost a ton to build because those mountains aren't easy. No, I imagine so. I imagine. <laughs> Especially I mean, it was in 1880s. 1880. <laughs> I should have worn my treasure map shirt. Maybe, uh, maybe it's hidden there underneath go. there. There's gold in them thar hills. Hey, speaking of treasure, let's tip the band, right? Triumph Pay partners with brokers and shippers to provide carriers to process carrier payments with nearly 80,000 carriers paid. Triumph Pay provides a simple solution for your carriers to manage their payments in one place. With Triumph Pay, carriers can upload and submit paperwork, manage their payments, and connect to brokers directly from anywhere. To learn more, go to triumphpay.com immediately after the show. All right. Now, so Tom Whaley, right? We were yeah. supposed to talk yeah, to yeah. him last time. We had, uh, we had, um, we had a little trouble connecting with him, but yeah. I hear he's here now. So let's bring Tom up and get into that discussion. You and I try to improv our way through. <laughs> He'll probably do a little bit better job. <laughs> hey, Tom, thanks for joining us. Tom is the president over at Level One Technologies. Yes, good morning. Hey, Tom, what's happening? Well, I'm ready to go. Okay, great. <laughs> let's get right into it. <laughs> well, when we last it. spoke, you discussed an article you wrote that was recently published in Freightways called Our Small Truckload Carriers Worth Saving. Uh, for members of the audience who didn't hear your original comments or didn't hear Michael Vincent and I try and swim our way through it on Friday, can you briefly describe your background and tell us what those events were? Yes. Uh, background is uh, really 30 plus years of experience in transportation. And that includes ownership and management of a small truckload carrier. Uh, But better than half of that experience includes the recognition that the industry lacks software. And we set about developing software for the transportation industry about 16 years ago. So as far as the article is concerned, um, use that experience as sort of an insider's view of what I call the financial plight of small carriers today who um, for the most part are working in the spot market, earning substandard rates, and uh, on top of that, uh, have limited ability to pass along rising operational costs. So in the article, I discussed the negative effects of, uh, of all of that on top of what I call two unanticipated financial events that caused a large number of these carriers to either declare bankruptcy or significantly reduce the sizes of their fleets. 
And the first of these was the subprime mortgage crisis that occurred in 2009. The second is the ongoing shutdown, the pandemic that's caused uh, many businesses to, to either close temporarily or for good. So in the article, I point out that the importance of these events is that they created additional burdens for these carriers who were already facing financial hardships. They forced a significant number of them to either go out of business and greatly reduce their fleets, but more importantly, they eliminated any financial resources that those carriers had to fall back upon if and when the economy falters again in the near future. Yeah, it was quite an interesting uh, article. This is Mike Vincent. Nice to meet you, Tom, by the way. Um, but so when we were talking about this uh, last week, we, you know, Dooner asked me, and I'd like to get, obviously we'd like to get your opinion on this, is under a worst case scenario of, you know, what you see these, these struggles for these carriers being and them shuttering their doors or reducing their fleets, under that worst case scenario, what, what does that loss really mean to the shippers and brokers and the economy as a whole? The worst case scenario, I think, uh, just in looking at it from all perspective, is that there's really no opportunity now for a quick fix uh, like there was in 2018 when the economy saw a boost in the manufacturing sector and uh, we had a mini blip of what I call a carrier market. Um, At that time, uh, carriers were still flush enough to be able to expand their fleets, you know, in an attempt to cash in on the higher rates and uh, inadvertently uh, fixed the very problem that brought the higher rates to them. But uh, again, I I think that the five-month period that the carriers were forced to operate at really substandard rates, sometimes below their operational costs, have eliminated many of those from expanding today as they might do in the face of what I, I see today as rising rates, um, uh, even in a market that isn't uh, fully open yet. So I, I think that the future is uh, is somewhat uncertain, but I think that if you were a betting person, you wouldn't bet on the fact that there was a quick fix in sight for this. And as I, I start to read other articles that have come after the one that I wrote, I'm beginning to see that this conclusion is starting to be underscored by others who um, are seeing the market in the same way. Uh, recently, just as an example, there was um, an article written for FreightWaves uh, entitled Transportation Capacity Hits New Lows with No Relief uh, in Pricing uh, in Sight. And in that article, the author forecasts, as I do, higher rates for the um, foreseeable future, uh, forecasting significant competition among shippers and brokers for the services of the carriers who remain in business. That's an interesting take, Tom. So, uh, if I'm if I'm reading you correctly, you're ta- you're talking about the fact that because of the earlier rates being so low, et cetera, that a lot of these smaller ca- uh, carriers don't have the capacity to expand, uh, and and that adds to the problem. Even those that are shutting their doors, is that correct? Yeah, it's a lack of working capital on the one hand, but I think that in order to expand today, you're either going to be able to have to lease or purchase new trucks. And I think there's an issue of credit worthiness that's going to be taken into consideration for those carriers who have virtually drained the resources. I think it's going to be very difficult for them to expand their fleets this time as they did in 2018. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. That, uh, th- thank you for your insights today, Tom. We were great to get uh, a little more context from, from you on this subject. Where should we send our listeners? Well, you can send your listeners uh, to uh, epaymanager.com. It's the application that we created to solve some of the cash flow problems for carriers. 
and um, um, we'd be happy to um, to talk about solutions that we have in place that can help to overcome the carrier shortage that exists today. Great, Tom. We appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. Ivan Hernandez, he says, in order to save small businesses in the trucking side, I'm surprised they don't consolidate into smaller groups just enough to keep afloat. I mean, uh, that would definitely have some form of measure to identify those, I guess, creating some sort of consortium, right? Yeah, I, Great I, consortium he wants. <laughs> I guess. Let's uh, let's bring let's bring Indy Bowman up. She's vice president of organizational oh, yeah, 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 development yeah. at Trailer Bridge. Ooh. Trailer Bridge always travels with the team. Trailer Bridge strong. Nation in the house, right? Trailer Bridge Nation. They're usually here. <laughs> They're usually here. Hey, Indy, what's going on? Hey, hey, guys. Yeah, TB Nation. We definitely got a lot of pow pow over here. Um, thank you for having me on this morning. I was reading through some of your articles today about about culture on LinkedIn. I found them fascinating, and I liked your uh, judicious use of Southern language. And the other thing I liked a lot was um, you mentioned quite a few times when it came to culture, you learn these lessons from your kids, right? You said, and and myself as a father of a three and six year old, those challenges have definitely taught me a lot about um, about leadership and, and patience. Yeah. <laughs> They definitely will. I, I have one. I have a daughter, and uh, she's a little bit older than that, but she definitely taught me the value of, you know, allowing someone when you're leading a team, let them stumble a little bit and learn their own way. It tells them that for sure you trust in what they can do and that you believe in them. And there's something really magical about people when they know you believe in them. So we definitely want to do that a lot here at Trailer Bridge. And I'm so happy to say that we do. Yeah, that's great advice. I mean, you, sometimes you got to let them fail, but you know, and other times it teaches you that sometimes you don't need to win every single battle, right? Yes, that's hard for me sometimes, but it's absolutely true, especially those of us that are, we like to get things done, but sometimes you have to let them learn that too, and then be there to guide them. And of course, sometimes you have to pick what's the thing to let them stumble at and not. Uh, and that all starts with having great people that join your team and the right people that join your team. And so we, we do spend quite a bit of time on getting that right. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk about that. So, uh, Andy, can we talk a little bit about culture and the challenges of keeping a good culture, especially during, you know, disruption like we're seeing this year, obviously? Right. So, you know, this has presented quite a bit of a challenge lately this year and, uh, you know, keeping culture alive. And we're a company that's very much focused on being together and collaborating and the energy we get from all being together. So what we've done is just simply ask our question to ourselves, what do we do to keep that going? And it's really nothing different. We definitely still connect. We use Zoom calls. We have meetings. We have a lot of activities and events we for sure have kept training going. I think a lot of companies during this time kind of hit the brakes a little bit on training, and we went just the opposite. We said, no, let's keep building the energy. We're coming out of this the other side bigger and better. Let's prepare our people to do that. So instead of slowing anything down, we definitely just put our foot a little bit more on the gas and said, let's go through it uh, and see where we come out. And we're so excited. So far, results are great. Wow, Charlie Sanchez says, great coach and mentor. Catherine Markhart says, Indy, our woman of influence. Becky says, Indy is our cultural (laughs) queen. And Jacksonville Business Journal, 2020 Women of Influence. Look at all these accolades. (laughs) Why do you people at Trailer Bridge are rock stars, apparently? She sounds great. 
<laughs> well, I'm certainly humbled by all of that. And I, you know, I have to tell you, TB Nation is very, very strong. And we absolutely love our people. Uh, I know I've heard Mitch say that before. And it's so true. Every leader here just loves our people. And we are supremely focused on having them win. And we know here at Trail Bridge, if we're focused on them, we're getting that right, we will win too as a company. And I got to tell you, I've been here five and a half, almost six years. Uh, working in that way has proven to be absolutely the right thing to do. So love your people, everybody. Now, you're probably one of the best people to talk to about this. We've, we've tried to get the, the answer from the other Trailer Bridge people, but culturally, how Uh-oh. do you get your team? Because this is such a good recruiting aspect, <laughs> I think, having your entire team like show up here during this live thing. Other, you, I mean, you put most other businesses to shame. They absolutely, don't travel they do. this absolutely. well at all, right? Right? Yep. They don't travel at all. No, they don't. Uh, so, t- so tell me, how do you get everyone so involved in what Trailer Bridge is doing? How do you get them so passionate about it? Yeah, I think it's very simple. We involve them. And we make our leadership focus on what helps them win, what helps them grow, what is it they want, what is it they believe in, and how do we coach them and train them and give them the opportunities to grow into what they want to um, have in their life and what they want to achieve in their career. When people feel like you believe in them and you're for them, they absolutely plug into the purpose of what you're doing. And we're, we're very clear on what our purpose here at Trailer Bridge is, and that's to help people, to serve other people. So, uh, Indy, as, as uh, advice to other leadership to try and foster the same thing and, and have the TB Nation or whatever nation add your name here show up and really be involved and feel that love and be connected in the company, what are some of the pitfalls that are there? The pitfalls. Well, I think if you don't connect with your people, just getting to know them, uh, I think that's crucial. If you're not spending time talking with them in whatever format you can get that today or after COVID, you really have to connect with people and find out where where they're at. So shutting yourself away in your office won't work. If you have a culture that's dynamic and buoyant, or that's the one that you want, you're going to have to get out there and talk to your people. You're going to have to keep an eye on where it is they want to grow and provide those opportunities. You know, here at Trailer Bridge, we do understand that we bring on these very high-end talent people, and they're type A, and they're dynamic, and they want to grow. We have to provide a place for them to do that. So if we're growing, they'll grow. And I think, um, you know, outside, which is the most important, but outside of just loving your people, I mean, really letting them know, um, I think you just have to have a little fun. I mean, I like to have some fun throughout my day. And if I can't laugh at myself a little bit, um, I think I'm in the wrong place. But here, we definitely have a lot of fun in what we do. And we get a lot of work done as a result. Now, Indy, what does Honey Badger Don't Care mean to you? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You did read up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay, Honey Badger. I don't know if you guys remember that crazy little video that came out years ago. Honey Badger Don't Care is someone who all they care about is achieving the thing that they want to achieve, and they don't care who they hurt or tear up in the process. Um, I think that's a dangerous way to go about leading people. Um, you got to make sure that the people who are in your wake are fulfilled and happy and, uh, you know, clear on what their purpose is. How do you find, how do you smoke out those, those honey badgers, right? How do you find them in the, uh, in the organization and get them, get rid of them? <laughs> we don't have any honey badgers here, thank goodness. But I think, you know, the key piece of leadership 
advice that when people ask me, I just tell pay attention, just pay attention, get in contact with your people and pay attention. Excellent. And those were the things that I was driving at when I asked, what are the pitfalls, right? Yeah, yeah. Are the leadership boo-boos under that, the, the childhood theme when uh, Dooner talking about his kids. So leadership <laughs> boo-boo number one, always right, never wrong. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I think it's easy in some cases for leaders to think, to think that because of the level they've attained or their skills or their background or all their creds that they have, that they know all the answers and they're never wrong. And I think one of the biggest sources of innovation and new ideas and creativity is your people. That's what you've hired them for. So don't assume that As a leader, you have the answers. In fact, I would encourage anybody on any team at any level, don't assume you have the answers. Always be open to hear what's out there and to hear a new idea or a new way of looking at things. After all, that's how new things come up. Wow. So if you want people to join your culture and uh, join that TV nation, start using that hashtag and start watching the What the Truck Live <laughs> whenever Trailer Bridge people come on, uh, how, where should we send them to? Because, uh, I mean, look, I got to say, participation is a big thing and it's hard to get people to it's hard to get people to follow along with what leadership is doing unless they really buy into it. And I think that's the biggest selling yeah. factor for TB. And that's one of the best things we can talk about in regards to your company. So where do we send them to so they can uh, consider a career with your team or just learn more? Well, first of all, we'd love to hear for anybody who wants to join a place that is has the culture that we have and is very focused on it. And so you go out to trailerbridge.com. There's a site there listing all of our open positions. We are growing. And so if something's not there right now that you'd be interested in, come back shortly and just keep an eye on what's available. Thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. This was fun. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Nick Romer in the comments, he's throwing shade at Henry Ford. He said Henry Ford was one of the best leaders, but he didn't know everything. Okay. <laughs> Is that right? All right, let's not speak ill of the dead now, Nick. And, uh, okay. I mean, let's... <laughs> brilliant marketer. You can have any color as long as it's black. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's bring Susan Fall up. She's the owner of Launch Hit Public Relations. She's, uh, she's helped book a lot of guests, get people on shows. She's met a lot of people in this industry, been on a lot of conference room floors, and drank a lot of stale coffee in her lifetime. Susan, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Hey, hey, Dooner, how are you, man? <laughs> you, uh, you messaged me last night. You're like, ah, man, I got to do my hair. I didn't know this would be on video. <laughs> <laughs> I should know better, right? Well, you know. <laughs> Always surprises and, and curveballs. What's up? What's Launch It for people who may not know? Launch It is a PR agency that specializes in the technology aspects of the trucking logistics industry. Been at it for, uh, well, I myself have been in the tech space and transportation since 92 and i started launch it in 2000 so we uh we represent anything from software to tire pressure systems to in video tvs you name it (laughs) (laughs) awesome stuff hey susan mike vincent here nice nice to meet you and your hair looks marvelous by the way so oh thank you i was so worried about it almost as good as dooner's beard today Hey, can you tell us tell us some stories about uh, about the <laughs> yeah. Omnitracks? And just, yeah, yeah, Omnitracks. I mean, I, I saw one of the comments that uh, that was here, and I, I kind of stumbled on that one. <laughs> it is yeah. funny. Well, yeah, <laughs> think we started. I I started with Qualcomm in '93, so we were brand spanking new, and um, 
our job, so I was PR, but marketing, we also, there were five of us in marketing. We took the, we took the hotline call and it would just rotate. And so we, we were the ones that would escalate it up if there was an issue. And I probably would get, I don't know, at least one or two a week of a driver calling in saying he spent 59 bucks on this device that would get him Playboy Channel on his wow. Omnitracks, and he can't believe it's not working. And it got to the point where we had to kind of send out like a, a news message and said, do not buy these these devices. They do not get you the Playboy Channel. It just was, you know, it. people, all anyone knew back in 93, you have to think my job was to explain what GPS was. And that's how new it was. We didn't, you know, we were still in that throes of it. So all anyone knew of satellite was satellite TV. So these guys would believe that, sure, okay, I can uh. buy this little widget. So, yeah, that was between that and lots of tinfoil, lots of, you know, if I if I wrap up in tinfoil, can they still track me and, you know. <laughs> wow, a little conspir <laughs> conspiratorial thinking. I mean, you know, that, that scam kind of makes sense because, Michael, I don't know if you remember this back in, like, the cable day, but, like, they used to sell black boxes for cable or you could, like, take a paper clip to the back of your cable box. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. if depending oh, yeah. on who your provider was, potentially get, like, the scrambled channels. Yeah, that's which, right. Some of which yeah. would be maybe Playboy. I'm, I'm not saying they were or they weren't. <laughs> 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 that's what you would get. So all the channels would be, would be scrambled, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Run these scam on the yeah. drivers, though. Poor guys. So, what would happen? Did they ever any of these guys ever get caught, like in their scam and just beaten down in a lot? You know, I don't know. I don't know that part. You would think, <laughs> right? Um, I just know that a lot of people wasted a, a lot of money, and they would do some damage to that, you know, to the to the device because you know they were told to take the lid off and go in there and plug it in here, and you know it wasn't gonna work. So, <laughs> you know, that was just that. The early days of, of, of technology and trucking. Well, Susan, we are going to spin the uh, proverbial wheel of stupid so questions scared. right now. <laughs> All right. Question number one. And I'm, I have to roll these digitally because uh, the uh, first, I don't know. You know, we talked about shipping taking forever. I think yeah. we ordered the wheel of stupid questions off Amazon. I don't know. A week, <laughs> two weeks ago. Still not here. Still not here. So it wasn't prime, rolling. obviously. <laughs> Still not here. You'll yeah. just have to build one at Home Depot. Yeah, I can do that. Jeez, how long we got to wait? Yeah. What, so here's the first one. What is the most pizza uh, you've eaten in one sitting? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> depends on what time it is. Um, I would say probably <laughs> three slices. That's, All right. That's, well, depending wow. on the size of the pizza, that could be, you know, a personal yeah, right. pan or date. are we yeah. talking an extra right. large pan or, or what right. are we talking about? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, it, as long as there's lots of black olives, I'll eat a lot of it. All right. Now, so question number two that came up is what's a terrible slogan for a freight forwarder? Oh, I, uh, oh God. Um, a terrible slogan for a freight forwarder. Uh Oh man, I suck at this game um, uh, because I have to keep it clean, and that's not fair either. So that's making it hard. Uh -oh. um, <laughs> I've got one. Maybe it'll inspire you. Okay, when, what's it, yours? when it absolutely positively has to be there sometime in the not too distant future. Do someone else. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Those are good ones. Yeah, don't call us. Um, yeah, don't yeah. call us. <laughs> 
Not the cheapest, not the best, but we picked up the phone. Service as terrible as you can stand, guaranteed. All right, you're, all right, you're in a hotel, right? And the guest next door keeps banging the wall. Do you complain? Um, I guess it depends what time it is and what the thing is. Depends um, on if she gets no. uh, invited to the party or not. Right. No, I'm I'm one of those. I'll throw in some earplugs and and you know I keep white noise on my phone. You know I, right. I yeah. Okay. But I would join in if it sounded like it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. So next next question is: What's the dumbest thing that you've bought on Amazon? Oh God, how how many have I not? Um, the dumbest thing I bought on Amazon. Oh my God, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. Um, no, I'm not. Uh, okay, it was. <laughs> there was one decline there, Dooner. Did you get that? She declined to answer. <laughs> Did you get that? My head when it was going. Okay, I will say this because it was so stupid. It's when I was traveling all the time and just tired of just packing everything. I bought this like this bra holder thing that was worse than like a bra holder. It like took up more worse than the bra. It took up more room in my suitcase than the damn bra did. So that was like a stupid, stupid purchase that, you know, okay. Okay. Kind of lame, but I mean, Similar thing. When I got a cowboy hat, I got like that musician's case, right, to put the cowboy hat in. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Do they, is, do <laughs> yeah. they have like an SP, like an SKB case for uh, you know yeah. traveling case for the bra? Yeah. But, like the, the cups you could put <laughs> exactly. in there and lay it over with. Right. It makes sense right. to me. Right. The dumbest thing I bought right. was it a was uh, the dumbest thing I bought was a Chewbacca tank top. That Chewbacca, cool. No, it's like it's, it's it's its hair was like blowing in the wind and stuff. Oh, yeah. It had actual fur oh, on really it. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was, it was oh. a rub down one. Yeah. Okay. That was good. Yeah, pick it up, Michael. So, so tell me, have you? Uh, all right. So, have you ever been caught dancing when you thought nobody else was watching? Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Just down. this morning. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's a no-brainer for sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah, my neighbors catch me because I'm in an apartment, so I have like a balcony that overarches. I get caught quite often. Yeah, but you don't like seem to me to be someone who would care. No, I don't. I don't. Like, <laughs> what, some, if I know, I might even dance harder. I'll do yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Might yeah. get even funkier. Exactly. <laughs> in there, the pointing, exactly. like a politician style. You looking at me? <laughs> so, where's the strangest place you've ever been caught dancing? There's a better question. Oh man, um, probably on. Well, it wasn't really caught though. We were all intentionally dancing. Um, strangest place caught dancing. Probably an airport. I mean, because I really didn't think I was around the corner. I was, believe it or not, doing like this 30-day challenge and doing my sit-ups and squats and didn't think anyone was watching. And then when I finished up, I just was kind of grooving and uh, someone kind of went around the corner and saw me. I dance on my I dance on my paddleboard all the time. I'm a huge, huge fan of paddling and I'm far enough out there that no one can see me, but if people really could. They'd see me. They'd see me grooving pretty good on my paddleboard. Wow, it's got to be difficult to do. Yeah, dancing it on a paddleboard. It is difficult to do. Susan, but Susan, we've done a extra good core. Susan, we've done a lot in this ten minutes. We ate three slices of pizza. We tried to hack the Playboy Channel. We got caught dancing. <laughs> we carried around our bra holder. It was all <laughs> fun. Stupid things. If people want to ask you more stupid questions once we're off the air, what's the best way for uh, them to reach yeah. out to you? Oh. Uh, LinkedIn, but also Susan, S-U-S-A-N, at launchitpr, L-A-U-N-C-H-I-T-P-R.com. 
Nice. Well, Susan, we really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on right the air on. today. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, it was Susan. fun, guys. <laughs> Take it easy. All right. You might, you might be stuck working remotely, but as the world goes digital, it's time for every aspect of your business to catch up, even your international freight forwarder. Freightos.com propels business growth from smoother shipping solutions, allowing you to compare, book, and manage your shipments all in one place. Plus, with reviews by fellow importers and transparent performance tracking, you can ship with confidence. You. Yes. As a, as, a what, as a What the Truck listener... You can get $100 towards your first shipment of $1,000 or more. Just go to Fredos.com slash WTP. WTT. I don't even know <laughs> the initials to my own show. Fredos.com slash WTT and use Freight Podcast to sign up. That's FR8 Podcast to sign up for that $100 off. All right, man. Want to play That's awesome, bro. We need some music. We need to get caught dancing while people are watching. So let's bring Trey Griggs yeah, up. Yeah, we can do that. He's the VP of, uh, of sales at Lean Sales. What's up? Trey, whoa, Tim, Mike, what's going on? How you guys doing? Jeez, you look like the T two hundred right now. Yeah, check him out, man. I'm ready to go. We're playing four today, and I got a special <laughs> one ready for you guys today. He's, he's All right, back. Do well, we need to get Kevin Hill in here and do some beatboxing for you for this one? Oh, no, no, I yeah. got, I got it myself <laughs> this time. We're good. Leave uh, you uh, hanging uh, like a sloth, right? <laughs> okay, I don't know if you remember Trey. You were there. He left me hanging. Remember, he was supposed to do the beatboxing. Totally he just, did. It was totally. It was a little rough. It was rough. It was, it was a little rough, but you know what? Here's another chance. So go for it. Well, listen, this one goes out to all the truck drivers today. You know, truck drivers are getting us through this pandemic. Uh, don't get enough credit. I just want to do a little ditty, a little something special for them. So uh, here we go. I like big trucks and I cannot lie. You truck stops can't deny. When a dude rolls in with 18 wheels and a reefer full of meals, you get jacked. To see a diesel stack behind a dude eat a Big Mac, chrome all around is glaring. I'm hooked and I can't stop staring. OMC, I want to send you a Raycon and a dinner. My BP tried to find me because your MC number starts with 9B. Oh, just a cruising. But you say you won't be the till 10? Well, use me. Excuse me. You ain't a Tesla Sammy. I'm tired of magazines. Saying electric is the thing. Take the average driver and ask him that. They better pack a sack. So, Duna, Duna, does the cola have a truck? Tell them to dump it, dump it, dump that electric truck. Rigs have a stack. Wow. Rigs have a stack. <laughs> Rigs wow. have a stack. Wow, Trey. Trey, what is going on? You've upped your game. Now you have your own logo going on. You got the Trey Griggs uh, pointy logo thing going. You got you got your rap game updated. You put a you put a brand new backing track, and I think that you actually recorded the backing track yourself. It's all coming together. It's coming together. We're working on. You know, we're thinking about a record deal. We're we're talking about that, trying to get it all figured <laughs> out. You know, we're moving in the right direction here. Everything is going great. Now, where's the cookies? So your daughters, so Trey's daughters, I don't know if you know this, Michael, but they started like a YouTube baking show. So I suggested they make oh, some like Trey Griggs head logo cookies. <laughs> but I think that Trey was getting a little wild in, uh, in Vegas. Now, I know that everything that happens in Vegas usually stays in Vegas, but you were there on Not a little bit time. of business. How was it meeting up with the team and getting uh, and getting back out places? Well, it was great. We'll talk about that in a minute. But let me give a shout out to my daughter, YouTube. Baking Buddies, and uh, she does a great job on there. I'll put a link in there at some point for everybody, but check it out. She's loving it. But, you know, Vegas was great. The vibe was incredible. You know, it's starting to pick back up. You know, the, the attendance is starting to pick back up. The casinos were rocking. We had a great time. Um, and I'm, before I go any further, I have to give a shout-out to Trailer Bridge. 
Uh, their customers ours and a great friends of ours over there, as well as Susan Fall, who I've worked with before. This is like a dynamite show. I'm so excited to be here. But um, again, let me go back to Vegas. So working with the team was awesome, getting to see everybody there. I got to meet our board of advisors. Um, you know, the vibe was great. We played a great round of golf at uh, Bears Best. Got to have dinner over at Dan Bilzerian's house. Um, just got to meet a lot of fun people, eat some great food. It was, it was tremendous. Had a wonderful time. <laughs> wow, fantastic! Thanks, Trey. Yeah, that's awesome. Bears best. What? That, oh, that's uh, so. That's uh, Jack's best uh, best holes uh, all in one well, one course. Know. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's a Jack Nicholas design yeah. course, and we yeah, have great time out there. That's what I thought. I, I take it you're not a fan of electric trucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I just want to I just wanted to give a little shot because obviously there's a little little. So a, a, a impending controversy between diesel and electric coming up. I'm sure I see that's coming down the pipeline. So figured I would just give a little bit of love to our, uh, our diesel friends out there. You don't get a lot of, a lot of love. <laughs> hey, before we move out Vegas though, what was like, what was the vibe out there? Are people just sort of, uh, they're living their best Vegas life now, or are there a lot of precautions? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, everybody had to wear a mask. So that was always, it's always kind of weird just to be, you know, having a good time, wearing a mask, being at the craft table, wearing a mask, that kind of stuff. So it's a little weird, but overall it was great. You know, we took the sales team to top golf and had a great time together. And of course that was just fun. It was full. A lot of people were there. Um, you know, so that was, that was a good time. In fact, we're actually going to be starting a top golf tour here. We're going to be going to some major cities and hitting top golf, but overall it was just great. The, uh, the entire trip was, was phenomenal. Well, uh, Michael, he wanted to to spin the wheel of stupid questions. I got oh, the yeah. first digitally one up here. You want to do the honors? Yeah, well, I absolutely will. I love it. All right, let me spin this thing here. All right, first question is: All right, Trey, you ready? What? Hold on, I want an, I want an actual wheel. Where's the wheel? Yeah, like, yeah so that's what we want too, my Trey. friend. It's it's yeah, on yeah, order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's going to deliver sometime in a not too Maybe we can country. do a bake sale with his daughters and, and we'll get one <laughs> quicker. Yeah, yeah, we'll hook up with your daughters, get some funding for yeah. it. Yeah. Work on that. <laughs> All right. So you're just going to have to trust me that I actually did spin a wheel. What crazy right. conspiracy theory do you think may actually be true? Should you oh, go freight themed with this? Should you go? Can't believe. Well, yeah, should that's... you go freight? Go fra- stay freight themed because that'll keep you out of going too, uh, oh, too, too, too far into the, the swamp. Are there, are there freight themed conspiracies? This is a, this is a tough question. Be. Uh, There's got to be. I don't know. All right. So, so the conspiracy, I guess, that I'll go with is that, um, I don't even know if I have one. Okay. Conspiracy that I'll go with is that Convoy and Uber Freight are actually partnering up. They're, they're, uh, they're teaming up and nobody knows about it. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, so they're, so, so people don't take, uh, yeah. so they think that they're rivals, right? They don't look at them as one massive organism trying to take over. It's a little bit easier. You can pick right. your side, but then they'll merge together. Right. And the next thing you know, yeah. it's like Pizza gigantic. Hut and Taco Bell, right? You know, Pizza Hut and Taco Bell, people think are two, they're, they're the same company, you know? That's yeah. what it is. I saw a KFC Sephora on Twitter yesterday. A KFC Sephora? <laughs> yeah. That's where I get all my perfume from. <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't... All right. So, Trey, here's one for you. If you had to... This will get you into trouble, too, because I'm just trying to get you in trouble. Oh, this interview. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. All right. If you, if you had to fight someone in supply chain in the Octagon, who would it be? Oh, uh, Mark LeBros. <laughs> really? How come? Why would that be? Mark LeBros. So about a year ago, I did this uh, video shooting basketball, or shooting baskets, uh, and uh, he, he challenged me to that. We've never gotten around to it, but he's just somebody that he's a little bigger than I am, and I think I can take him down, and it'd be a big win for me. Mm. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> calling him out. Mark LeBros. Let's go. Oh, you're wait, calling do, him wait, out. Do you, do you have one? Who would you take on in the octagon? Uh, I'd take out Chris Jolly. Chris Jolly? Yeah. Why? I <laughs> yeah, think I can take him. Just because you I think, think it'd be easy. Time. I think it'd be an easy payday. Yeah. 
You got to be careful when you pick this one. Oh, oh, you just want an easy payday. You're throwing down the gauntlet on Chris Jolly. Yeah, sure. I love that. Well, him or Steve Ferreira, but I don't, you know, I like Steve. Steve Ferreira. There's less upside to to that one. I think a lot of people, yeah, you're right. I'd have to pick someone tougher. Let's see. Uh, How about, uh, I think a good payday would be be against, um, I don't know. Oh, Bill Driegert. Okay. I think that'd be a good payday. My conspiracy theory, I'll, I'll go back to mine. I'll say the supply chain one. There, there will not be a, uh, a badger. There'll be, we talked about honey badgers earlier. There'll be no Nicola badger. Oh, that's your conspiracy? Mm. That's my conspiracy. That's my conspiracy. Mm. That's well, because you brought up in your rap, too. You're talking about diesel versus the, uh, the, the renewables and stuff. I think hydrogen is going to be a tough one to get going. Here. Yeah, well, the badger was the uh, pickup truck, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the conspiracy was that there was going to be one. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that could be it too. I think that's that could more be a conspiracy too. than there isn't. I think I, I'm with the you. infrastructure alone on the hydrogen is going to be tough. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, I, would, I mean, like at cheap cost, it was, it's like 16 million a station or something. Uh, but I think really to build one right now is over 30 million. But they were talking if they get at scale, I have to build 700. So that that would be a huge challenge. So that would be my theory. It's just yeah. it's it's going to be tough. They're going to have to raise a lot of money to do that one. Yeah, a lot night, lot uh, not like. RNG. Oh, right? and then in With the, the Octagon, well, or how about Trevor Milton? We'll just keep it in Nicola. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's open to it. Who wins, we'll Healy or Milton? <laughs> Which, oh, Healy or Milton. That's an interesting one because, so Thomas Healy's very calculating, right? He really yes. thinks these kind of things out. Yeah. Where I think that right out of the gate, you know, Milton's going to try and come at him. Milton is going to come. He's going to throw flurries. So if he can weather the flurries, and I think that if Thomas Healy gets into his ground game, it, it's lights out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think it's like one of those videos that they show where there's the two guys in there and the guy's like doing flips and all this kind of yeah, yeah. guys just standing there. And as soon as he stops, he just pow and he's done. Absolutely. And also that you're looking at, if you're that's looking at the tail of the tape here, one guy is 10 years younger and that guy is Thomas Healy. That's true. So that would be my pick. Uh, Trey, what's up, what's up next for, for lean staffing? Where should we send, uh, where should we send the viewers? Well, everybody should check us out at leanstaffingsolutions.com. Got a lot of exciting things going on with uh, with sales and marketing, helping a lot of people out in that regard. Lean Tech's just absolutely blowing up, and uh, so it's, ex- it's an exciting time to be part of what we're doing. Also looking at uh, a couple of new offerings that the market's been asking for. So check us out at leanstaffingsolutions.com or send me an email at trey at leanstaffing.com. Trey, thanks for playing it forward and for bringing your uh, your rap game to What the Truck. Always appreciate it. I believe it. See you guys. Take it easy. I know. All right. Well, Matt Hennig. Oh, Matt Hennig has alerted. He has tagged Chris Jolly, and Chris Jolly is now here in the comments. But he said he is humbled by this statement. And but I think the statement that he's humbled by is he's calling. So Matt Hennig called Chris Jolly the world heavyweight champion of freight. So I guess that's how you get the title. You got to go straight for the champ. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. So yeah, pick the right guy. Oh wow. (laughs) And Matt Hennig said I need to fund the swear jar. I have not sworn once today, sir. All right, let's call Scott Cornell. He's transportation leading crime theft specialist at Travelers Insurance, right? Let's talk to him and see, uh, see what he has going on. Let's see what's going on in the world of cargo theft. Do you think that there's been more? I was looking at some statistics between cargo theft in 2018 versus 2019. There was a big jump between the leading type of theft, which was slash and go, and then it became hijacking. Now, not necessarily in the U.S., Michael Vincent, but in uh, this is global, like, Hijacking, hijacking, big trend jumped from uh, became 26 percentage in 2018. It was that slash and go globally. Then it became hijacking last year. So I wonder what's going on this year globally and in the U.S. Glad Scott Cornell is here. Scott, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys, how are you doing? 
We're we're uh, we're doing really well. We're trying to we're trying to get abreast of what's going on in cargo theft and get uh, get up to speed on what's happening with it this year. We were just looking at a chart that was showing sort of global trends on what happened in cargo theft, and it seems like stuff like food and beverages and electronics still were the top two, and just the methods have changed a little bit. But in the past, we've talked about what's some of the earlier trends in the year. Tell us what's going on now. So, whenever you see scenarios like this, you know, economic downturns, uh, catastrophic events, floods, hurricanes, anything like that, you're going to see an increase in cargo theft. Um, it's, you know, it happened in 2000 and, uh, 2008. It's happening now. So food and beverage became the number one stolen commodity shortly after the 2008 downturn. By So we had the downturn started in 2008. By 2010, it was the number one stolen commodity in the country. And it's pretty much stayed there in that spot since. Uh, you know, initially that happened because of the economic reasons, but eventually they figured out, hey, this is a really good commodity for us. This is uh, this is something that's hard to trace. Uh, you know, the evidence is consumed, so it doesn't stick around. You can't really, you don't have a long window to recover it, things like that. So they, they really moved to that. So we're seeing increases in cargo theft across the country here. Texas has really seen a big uptick. Uh, you know, the normal hotspots, California, Texas, Florida, Georgia, New Jersey, Illinois, the Memphis area, those are all big hotspots here in the U.S. Yeah, food and beverage kind of surprised me when you said when you said food and beverage. I'd have thought I'd been electronics. It's easier though, right? But because if you think is. about it, people put the trucks at the back of the dock at the grocery store and all that kind of stuff. I used to hang out with some punk rockers in Boston, you know. Statue of limitations like past. They would end up in the but th- they would target vehicles like that. You know, they would steal like Jolt Cola and stuff. Well, yeah, I can see Joel Cola, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not going to steal some Joel Cola? <laughs> I thought it was going to be electronic. Yeah, I really it, did, but your explanation was spot on. I, yeah. I see it. It's easy to move. It's consumed. It's hard to trace. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, you know, in our past, we talked about your dedicated team and leading causes of cargo. We just went through that a little bit, but you've got your special investigations group, um, and I believe this year, is it, is it the 15th anniversary? Is that right? It is 15 years. Uh, we we started that unit in 2005, uh, and it's really been very impactful for our clients. Uh, great reputation in the industry. Uh, you know, just since 2005, they've recovered over 65 million dollars in stolen goods for for our clients. So, a very impactful group, specialized investigators. Uh, it's a one of a kind uh, resource that we bring to the industry to our clients. They're on call 24-7, 365 uh, for our clients. Wow. What has, uh, really what has, what has the SIG accomplished, and uh, how has it evolved since its formation? I mean, 15 years, a lot of time to iterate upon. So we started with just two, uh, myself and another, and another gentleman here, uh, D.Z. Patterson. We started it in 2005. It's just to kind of experiment. So I'll give you the bigger picture, right? Travelers takes uh, kind of a two-pronged approach on, on cargo theft. Cargo theft is usually one of the leading causes of loss. So we approach it from both a prevention and a recovery uh, angle. The first part being prevention is, you know, conducting a completed assessment of the client's supply chain, working with them to get a really good picture of exactly what they have going on. And we try and teach them a three-prong, four-prong approach to the prevention aspect of it. First thing, do you have good process and good procedures in place? Without good process and procedures, 
pretty much anything else you're going to do after that has a pretty good chance of failure if you don't have the good foundation of those process and procedures. From there, we'll start talking to them about the use of hard security devices, high security rear door locks, kingpin locks, landing gear locks, so that when the cargo is staged, it can be secured and become a much harder target. And then we'll get into another layer after that, which would be using collect, uh, up-to-date technology, covert tracking that can do route geofencing, geofencing of the trailer when it's parked and the tractor, and allow a better opportunity for recovery if there is a theft. It can actually give you live notifications on that geofencing, things like that. So from a preventive aspect, that's how we're looking at the cargo. One, one other thing I would add in there too is something that I don't think gets enough attention when it comes to transportation and cargo theft is that reinforcing that cybersecurity part. We have a lot of expertise uh, and tools and resources for our clients in that area too, because the bad guys will use that. And then we'll get into things, you know, we can get route specific for them. We can help them plan routes. We can help them evaluate the routes they're going to take, depending on what they're moving and where they're moving it and how they're moving it. And then after the prevention, you know, you hope in theory, right, uh, that you're going to keep the horse in the barn, so to speak. So you want to, it's tougher once the horse is out of the barn, but then if that happens, you want to get to the recovery aspect. So when it comes to the recovery, that's when we have that SIG team that is going to move from the prevention because they're the ones that are going to work with you on the preventive methods too, but now they're going to move into that recovery mode. So 24-7, they'll get out there, work on the recovery. They network with law enforcement across the country. They network with industry experts across the country to hunt down and find that cargo once it's, once it's taken and quite often recover it for our clients. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that. So, I mean, a, a decade and a half of the special investigations group and investigating uh, and prevention of cargo theft, uh, becoming really the the experts at prevention and, and recovery, uh, et cetera. But so as the experts, what are the challenges that you see particularly now in this industry and maybe moving forward? What are the big threats? So a lot of law enforcement dedication that maybe was dealing with cargo theft uh, for uh, several years is now prioritized towards COVID-related issues, right? So as a result, you're going to have less law enforcement out there to help with recoveries. So you're going to want to have some kind of a resource. So that SIG team really becomes that resource for our clients. There are other organizations out there that, you know, regional cargo security councils, things like that, that can also enhance what you can do. I We always encourage clients, join those regional security councils. CargoNet is a resource out there. They supply a lot of data and, and, and intelligence on cargo uh, across the country. So when you look at that, you need to find a resource and you need to be able to tackle this on your own. So that SIG team becomes a resource filling that gap. But we've also given them some extra tools. So we have a sting trailer. One of the things that was created for that team and by that team roughly around 2008 was a sting trailer. That trailer also helps uh, with law enforcement. It gives a resource out there for the industry. We really felt that, you know, it was a, we were being a good corporate uh, partner by putting a resource out there. This trailer has 12 hidden cameras, uh, you know, microphones, things like that, a lot of electronics in it that will help recover. So 
when there's an organized cargo group out there targeting cargo in different parts of the country, law enforcement will deploy that with the cargo in it, and, and it'll help them to go after that organized group and recover the cargo. Uh, one, one good example I can give you is uh, what we call an I-40 case. Several years back, there was a group working all across the I-40 corridor, all across from California over to Texas, Oklahoma. And what they were really doing was targeting uh, trailers on pilfered steps, taking partial loads out of the back of the trailer, not taking the whole trailer, not taking the whole tractor, so we work in cooperation with several other uh, groups and organizations and law enforcement, deploy the sting trailer. That group hits the sting trailer, takes some of the cargo out of the back, and that cargo is tracked and, and leads law enforcement to bust a big ring that actually was based up in uh, the central uh, Midwest. So that kind of an impact uh, will bring resources, uh, those kind of resources bring an impact to the industry overall. Wow. Scott, uh, not only was that really insightful, but Michael, I think we have our next show, which is like sting trailers. We got to do, you know, yeah. how you said the sting cars. Yeah, 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 show. Yeah. We got to do like sting it. trailers. That's a great. We're going to have like a stakeout on, on cargo. Yeah. Scott, we really appreciate your time today. How do people reach out and learn more? So we have just launched our own page. Uh, Travelers.com slash resources slash business industries slash transportation. That brings a lot of information around what we do and what our capabilities are dedicated around cargo theft and how nice. we help our clients that prevent that. Cool. Thank, thanks for your time, Scott. We really appreciate that. So thanks, go to travelers.com. There were a couple slashes there. I might have to, to, to listen back to get all, this, all the slashes in. But I think once you get to travelers.com, you should be able to find it out pretty quickly. And that was like that was pretty fascinating. I would, I would like to see some some footage of some of those stings. We uh, Remember we covered that pistachio story? Yeah, that's right. Why are they stealing nuts? And then you sent me the price of it. I went to Walmart. I went to Walmart. Like, now like, I know why. Yeah, well, Taylor kind of he said $65 million in recovery isn't that huge when you, when you can put $300 worth of groceries in uh, three Walmart bags, yeah. I mean, especially if you start putting the nuts in there. Yeah, you start putting pistach- shelled pistachios. pistachios you can get four or five million. Pist- you could pave the million-dollar highway with shelled pistachios. <laughs> you absolutely could. I think we could, man. Some of those videos are crazy. You know, when we were talking to them at Roadway Express, we did a lot of safety training and a lot of theft training and so on. But we had this one where they took a guy... Uh, who was a he was a he was out of prison for for theft, but they took him over to the uh, um, over by Harrisburg truck stop. Yeah, and they pointed out a tractor and a trailer, and the uh, you know trailer had kingpin locks on it, so on, and let him loose. Yeah, within like two minutes, he was pulling out. He had gotten a tractor, got that kingpin off, got it, and was gone within two minutes. I mean, I, I mean, they know what they're doing, man. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you're a thief, you got to be quick, right? Yeah, but he's stealth. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta use the cover of a, uh, the cover of night. The cover of night. <laughs> the cover of night. <laughs> hey, reefer, yeah. it's what's for dinner, October twenty third, twenty twenty. Our next virtual event, right? Yeah, what is that? Cold Chain Summit. Yes. Refrigerated supply chains. They have helped keep this country supplied with vital grocery items throughout the pandemic in twenty twenty. You know what's cool about reefer too? Because when you think about it, this year. Caused a lot of awareness for supply chain when people couldn't find the toilet paper. You know, there was a scare if beef was, was a new toilet paper. Meat was a new toilet paper. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. A lot of grocery deliveries, the meats in the reefer. I'm just saying supply chains were stressed. People got a little bit more aware of what was going on behind them. And then they're becoming even more aware as we talk about this vaccine and the airlift. And that's what's really cool about having the cold chain summit at this time, in this point in time, as talk is starting to heat up about what is happening in that space. I'm super excited about a number of these guests, but I get to reconnect with some of my old Boston crew. Peter Friedman, he used to do this great thing at Connect called uh, this off-the-record session and he would just kind of talk smack about some of the policies and things like that it was always a lively thing now i don't know if he's doing this at at cold chain i think he's talking a little bit more about uh the agricultural stuff he does and how that works in reefer Mm -hmm. but if they get him to tell some stories stand back there's a hurricane coming through (laughs) i don't know i don't know he's not on the truck he's not our guest but you know who is luis da costa luis da costa is another guy who used to be over at connect a number of times he's worked in that pharma division he's with takata right now he's going to talk to us on want the truck about the clinical supply chain of doing vaccine testing yeah that's that's something i'm really interested in in as well is is that 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 supply chain for for the vaccine and how that's going to work and just what those different stressors are yeah. It'd be really interesting to get his his insights because there's a lot of conjecture. There's a lot of a lot of people throwing out their opinions. Will the military be in? Will they not be in? It'll be interesting to hear an expert talk about that. And John Brewer's there too from the shipper side. We got John Brewer from CK Restaurants. Yeah. You may know it as Har- as Hardy's. You may know it as Carl's Jr. Uh, corporately, it's known as CKE Restaurants. And uh, he's he, I know a lot of people in the community here know him as well in our own what the truck community. All these people here now they're planning top golf things. Now you talk about community, talk about building a community in the comments section here. A lot of a lot of people looking to go top golfing together. You're gonna go top golf. I thought they were all uh, laying bets on the uh, fight between me and Chris Jolly. Well, Chris Jolly is here. He's getting ready for it. Maybe. Oh, that- is he training already? <laughs> we could, next live, maybe next li- Freightways live event, we could bring the Octagon in. There you in. go. We'll bring out the Octagon. Who, who are you excited about at the event? Well, you know, I'm excited about the whole thing, but, I mean, the ones that I picked out really to talk about a little bit are Craig Craig Maris and Travis Ross. Craig Maris, president and, and co-founder at at, uh, at Cortex, and Travis Ross with Cortex as well. And it's just, it's the data interplay. It's the visibility of, of the supply chain. I'm always interested in that, and I'm always interested in the data play with those things and, and what you can learn from that data and how it really brings about – how you can utilize it for better efficiencies, uh, obviously, but more efficient uh, in our supply chain, a cold chain, which, you know, food uh, more uh, so, but also vaccine within oh. it are very important. Wait, Is got, food funny? Matt Hennig, <laughs> Matt Hennig, Matt Hennig has your next, uh, he's got your next song, your next play at four track. It's Don't Fear the Reefer. Don't Fear. Don't, <laughs> oh, I like it. I can do that. And Chris Jolly says I'm he's jumping rope. Down. Huh? You said what? He's jumping rope. <laughs> He's getting that wind up. That's what'll get you in the ring. Oh yeah, jump and rope is, is is awesome. All right, all right, Chris, start training, my friend. You ever you, so you, were you were you a wrestler? In high, you were football, right? Yeah, but I trained. I, I I wrestled, but I wasn't good. I did it for the off season training more than anything because it's, I wasn't that good at. at it's wrestling. a lot of conditioning. Okay, like, that's all it. it is. But wrestlers are, are weird cats too, like high school wrestlers. Oh, yeah. Like yes, I think when they go to the doctor, they take all of their clothes off and and jump on the scale. <laughs> it's like a, a like an ingrained habit from high school well, you, wrestling. You, for, like hold on a second, I'm not taking an extra ounce here for this jacket. You gotta encase yourself in garbage bags. Bags yeah, and get in a hot shower and jump rope and chew tobacco and spit first. You've seen a vision <laughs> quest with Matthew Modine, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they are strange. <laughs> so Larry Saint, how do you pronounce Larry Saint Ange? 
That sounds that, about right. right. Does that sound good to you? I'll take it. All right, good. From DHL, talking the vaccine logistics. So the logistics of the vaccine, uh, which is going to be very, very interesting. I'd love to hear what he has to say about that. Yeah. Um, just, you know, it's topical, but, you know, back to Cortex and the data as well. I love the data play, and I love that interplay and how you can utilize that for creating better efficiencies, which we, we, we need, in, obviously, in our food supply chains. And also with vaccines, we're going to need to know exactly what's going on and be able to flex to move that around. Yeah, especially when you talk about that temperature sensitivity. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they just did a study, too, where a lot of people are torn on this vaccine, but it's not your typical sort of anti-vaxxer talk. It's just the uncertainty that's happened from just multiple government agencies arguing about uh, when it's coming through. I think it does seem rushed to some people. So 50% of people were like, look, if this isn't independently verified, I'm not taking the vaccine. So that's another thing, too. we got to build public trust around this. So you can do all this airlift that you want, but if there's no public trust there— it's not going to really be that helpful. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, and I'm, I myself have those have those have those thoughts. But I agree with you. It's it's beyond. It's not anti-vacciners. It's it's a fear of uh, getting the first issue of something. You want you want a good father son story to close us out with? What's that? You want a good father son story? I do. So you I take do. your daughter's hiking. I take I take my son, especially around here in Chattanooga. Great land, great land for it. It absolutely is. So a 12-year-old, he, he, a 12-year-old found a 69-million-year-old dinosaur fossil while hiking with his dad. And he found it in the place that you probably should, which is Horseshoe Canyon in the Badlands of Alberta, Canada. But uh, it, was a, uh, it is a, a, a hadrosaur, it's a, which is a duck-billed dinosaur, right? Okay. Yeah, hadrosaur. 69 million years old. Uh, f- found the bone in there, and they're giving it to uh, the Nature Conserv- Conservancy of Canada. A 60 million, what, is just laying on the ground or something? Just, yeah, they said that they were just going on a hike and they just came across, uh, what was it, like a, a uh, humerus bone. You just tripped on an enormous dinosaur humerus bone that happened yeah. to be 69 million years old. Yeah, how did they know it wasn't <laughs> wow. like a missing hiker? How did they know it was a dinosaur? Let's take them out to the million dollar highway and see if we can find that treasure. Ooh, big money Follow on the million dollar around. highway. Hey, they've Follow also, that uh, kid around. They're also making a, a TV series out of uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Some oh, your, yeah. Is one of your right? favorite horror movies. Is that is that your? You, I like. I used to love horror movies. I don't watch them that much anymore. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. I just that had Freddie Prince Jr. in it. Kind of fell out of it. No, Sarah I'm Michelle not saying Geller? that that wasn't a bad movie. It was. A, yeah. It was a good movie. I just yeah. don't watch them that much anymore. When I was a kid, I used to stay up late. I used to put like tape on the TV so my my buddy who we'd sleep over at his house, his parents couldn't tell the VCR was off, and we'd record Freddie's Nightmares. Freddie's Nightmares was like a syndicated show about Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, okay. Fascinating stuff. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is fascinating. Well, we're running out of time over here. Hack a VCR. That'll be useful. (laughs) We're running out of time. You want to go to that virtual event? We're going to have What the Truck live from there because it's on Friday. It's on Friday. It starts at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Tome Time. Go to live.freightwaves.com to register. It's uh, live, free, virtually. We're going to learn a lot. Maybe one of the most important uh, virtual events we've had so far, at least in terms of of this global, right? Global health, global population. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love the fact that they're they're more specific. You know what I'm saying? We get to dig into those things like the last mile event was there, the real estate event. And now this one is specifically cold chain and you get to dig into all the different aspects that are in that niche. Maybe we'll find dinosaur bones when we dig this deep. Do they need to be frozen? <laughs> frozen? <laughs> uh, maybe. Right. You got to be temperature control. I would if I found like a T-Rex skull or something. Yeah. One of these days. That would be cool. One of these days, kids. <laughs> All right, you can find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. That is D-O-O-N-E-R. Look it up on LinkedIn. Keep the conversation going at Vincent the Dude. Michael Vincent on the LinkedIn. Look up Freightcast. One year, 744 episodes. 
15 and a half days worth of content. Look up Freightcast on your favorite podcast player of choice. Download the Freightways TV app and get out of here and enjoy your Monday. Peace and love.